Welcome to Abide's Kids Bedtime Stories. I'm Tyler Boss. Today's story is brought to you by our partners at Life Audio. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Head over to lifeaudio.com now. Remember, you can have full access to all our meditations commercial-free. Just text ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off. All right, it's time to settle into bed and drift off to sleep with this bedtime story. Welcome to this Abide Sleep Story. We're glad and honored you've decided to join us tonight as you go to sleep. Come on with me to one of my favorite places and meet one of my favorite people. We call her Granny Edith, and I've known her since I was, so oh, just a child. She's not my real granny, but she's always been there, with a story and a song, and sometimes a story about a song. And oh, how she loves Jesus, and she wants you to love him too. Her porch is the happiest place I've ever been, and if you try real hard, I just bet you can smell whatever it is she's baking tonight. You just settle in, and Granny Edith will be right here. In the light of this oh, hello. It's so nice to see you. Let me sit down and... That's better. I've had a long day, but a nice one. I visited some of my lady friends across town. I even brought my French silk pie. They loved it, and the pie tin I brought home was as clean as the day I bought it at Woolworths. I, I don't know how long ago. Oh, and look who's here, my good friend Teddy. Actually, Teddy is what I call him. I'm sure he's somebody's cat. He doesn't seem like he misses any meals, if you take my meaning. (laughs) But he doesn't have a collar or tag. It looks like someone takes care of him, but I don't know who it is. Still, he's welcome here. Sometimes he comes over and just jumps up on my lap. Just like that. There's a good fellow. I call him Teddy after a president I admired when I was younger. Theodore Roosevelt. By the way, his wife's name was Edith, too. It may only be a rumor, but there's an old family yarn that she was named after me. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, you just get comfy in my lap. It's not a big town I live in now, but these old bones still enjoy a good walk whenever I can. That's what got me singing that song. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all that will trust and obey. 
When we walk with the Lord In the light of His Word What a glory He sheds on our way While we do His good will He abides with us still And with all who will trust and obey That's one of my favorites. I got so many favorites. Trust and obey. That's a song we usually let the kids sing, and we don't give it as much attention as we should. But the longer I live, the more I realize that is exactly what the Christian life is all about. Trusting God and obeying what he says. There's a fun story about how this song came to be written. It happened sort of backwards. There was this fella, a singer and songwriter named Daniel Towner back in the 1800s. He was working with an evangelist you may have heard of, D.L. Moody. Moody traveled all over the country, all over the world, to tell people the truth about his Lord Jesus. Well... He had some singers and song leaders who traveled with him, and Daniel Towner was one of them. One day, another fellow was giving his testimony, you know, telling what God has done for him, and Daniel hears him say, I'm not quite sure, but I am going to trust, and I am going to obey. Well, that phrase stuck in his mind. He thought it was a good idea for a song, Even though he was a songwriter himself, Daniel contacted a man he knew named John Samus. He probably approached him because Mr. Samus had lived the lesson of trusting and obeying. See, John Samus had been a successful businessman. He had a steady paycheck, and he knew exactly where his next paycheck was coming from. But that wasn't enough for him. He wanted to serve God full-time. He'd been active with his local church and a variety of charities and even been secretary of the Young Men's Christian Association, or the YMCA. Even though he'd done a lot of good, he wanted to dedicate his life full-time to God. So, Mr. Samus stepped out in faith, trusted God, and became the pastor of a Presbyterian church in Indiana. He heard God calling him to be a pastor, so he trusted and obeyed. It seems Daniel Downer picked the right man to write this song with him. When that man gave his testimony and said he was going to trust and he was going to obey, he said... I just jotted that sentence down and sent it with the little story to Reverend J.H. Samus. He wrote the hymn, and the tune was born. (laughs) Samus loved the idea, and it may have been close to his heart. And he wrote the words we know. So even though Daniel Towner had the idea and wrote the music... It was John Samus who wrote the wonderful words to the song. Okay, 
Right now, it's time for settling down and sleeping. Why don't you settle back, close your eyes, and calm your mind. Make yourself comfortable right there, and go ahead and rest. Close your eyes, and take a few deep breaths. Let the oxygen go to your lungs. You keep doing a couple deep breaths while I pray, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day we've just completed. And we thank you for bringing us here safely. I pray that you will be with my friend and give them a night of blessed sleep. I'm so grateful that you are a God we can trust and obey and that we can walk with. There's lots of examples in the Bible of those who walked with you. Help us to remember them and the lessons they learned. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was reminded while I was praying about a verse in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The writer is saying that God's word tells him how to stay on the straight and narrow path that he has in store for us. That's a good rule to follow. But sometimes I like to think about the people in the Bible who actually walked with God. You know, really walked along with God. All the way back in Genesis, we read about Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day. Imagine that. You spend your day watching over a perfect garden. A garden made by God himself, filled with every animal you can imagine. Then, to finish the day off, God comes to see you and take a walk with you. Just because he loves you. I don't want you to think you're getting cheated coming to spend time here on my porch. But I can't do better than walking with God. Nobody can do better than walking with God. Imagine walking with God and then hiding from him after you've broken his rules. The Bible says God called for Adam. He was looking for him. It's not like God didn't know where he was or what he'd done. He loved him and wanted to see him. If you've ever been disappointed by someone you love, you have an idea how God felt. The good news is he already had a plan to fix everything and redeem us. And I'm so glad he did. Without the Lord Jesus, we could never have been saved. But the Bible doesn't say anything about Adam and Eve walking with God anymore. And that's pretty sad. But there were other people who walked with God. In fact, just a couple chapters later, we learn about a righteous fellow named Enoch. He was Adam's great, 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 great grandson. That's a lot of greats. 
Apparently, he had a special relationship with God. And one day, while they were walking, God said something like, Enoch, we're closer to my home than yours. Come on with me. The Bible tells us Enoch was no more because God took him. The people went looking for him and couldn't find him. In my days, I've spent many overnight trips to my friend's house, but none of those trips were as wonderful as just going home with God. My friend Mary has a cozy house, and she's not a half-bad cook, but there's no way even hers that Southern hospitality can compare to what Enoch saw when he walked off with God. Like that verse in Psalm says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God was guiding Enoch's steps the whole way. Listen to this verse of trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way what he says we will do where he sends we will go never fear only trust and obey Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. That makes me think about the children of Israel, the ones who had been slaves in Egypt. God chose Moses to lead the Israelites away to a new home for them. He brought them away from that land, took them through the Red Sea on dry land, and then brought them through the wilderness. It took them 40 years but they finally made it. God appeared before them, not as a man, but as a pillar of smoke in the day and a pillar of fire at night. So why did it take so long if God was leading them the whole way? That's an easy one to answer. They didn't trust and obey. They were walking with God all right, but they weren't trusting him. They complained about not having water. They complained about not having meat and other kinds of food. God provided for them the whole way, but they kept on complaining. He fed them manna, little flaky wafer things. They complained about that. God gave them quail to eat and they stuffed themselves until they were sick and then they complained about that. <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm being too harsh on the children of Israel. I tend to believe that if I'd been one of them, I'd have acted the same way after a while. 
I'm just like anybody else. I can complain with the best of them. <laughs> but I want to tell you something else about the Israelites' journey through the wilderness. God really did take care of them, feeding them and getting them water. He also made their clothes not wear out. Can you imagine that? Marching in the wilderness or living rough in tents for 40 years and your shoes and clothes don't wear out or get threadbare? I spend money on a pair of shoes today and I'm lucky if I get two or three years out of them. <laughs> they got 40 years. <laughs> That's God. And even though I can fix my own clothes, I don't own anything 40 years old anymore. Well... I still have a wedding dress from way over 40 years ago, but I don't put it on anymore. My daughter played in it for a while, then my granddaughter, then my great-granddaughter, and my great-great-granddaughter, and then my, well, <laughs> you know, I'm not as old as Enoch, but I'm also not that far behind him. But 40 years without clothes wearing out is pretty impressive. But more impressive than that, they followed God. They were walking along with God, leading the way. I think that's very special. There were others in the Old Testament who spent time with God, though it didn't always say they walked with God. Still, we know God spoke to many people. Think of Abraham. He was living in the land of Ur, but God told him to pack up everything, leave his family, and skedaddle to the land of Canaan. Eventually, Abraham got there. Read it when you get a chance. It's in the book of Genesis. Anyway, as Abraham traveled... He had a couple important meetings with God. One time, God came to Abraham in a vision and promised Abraham that he would give him and his wife Sarah a child. He made a covenant or a promise with Abraham that his descendants would live in the land forever. Later, the Bible says that Adonai, that's God, appeared to Abraham and confirmed that promise. Another time he talked to him about his nephew Lot. Abraham and God talked a lot, it seemed. They had a special relationship. Moses was another fellow who spent time with God, and not just the pillar of smoke and pillar of fire that the Israelites followed for 40 years. God talked to Moses from a burning bush. Later on, they talked on Mount Sinai, and God gave ten commandments, which were inscribed by the finger of God. Later on, God talked to Samuel. He talked to Elijah. He talked to Elisha. He talked to a lot of people. He really had a lot to say to Isaiah Daniel and Ezekiel and the other prophets. And for all they wrote, they and God must have spent a lot of time together. But then in the New Testament, it was a whole new thing. 
Jesus came to earth, had a mother, father, and brothers, and they walked with him for real, too. I'm sure he had friends growing up who walked, ran, and played with him. When he turned 30 and reached the age of priesthood in his culture, he selected 12 men to follow him. They walked with him in his literal footsteps for three years. As they walked, he talked with them, joked with them, and taught them. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory sheds on our way. I wonder if they knew at that time what an honor it was to be walking with God himself. The Bible tells us they didn't get the whole picture until he rose from the dead. There's another story, a great story, about a fella named Cleopas. He and a friend were walking back to a town called Emmaus after Jesus had been crucified. They didn't know that he had been raised from the dead, and they were feeling poorly because they were some of Jesus' other disciples. Anyway, somewhere along the line, Jesus started walking with them, walking right alongside them, except they didn't recognize him. So, Jesus asks them why they were so sad. So they tell him. It's because Jesus the Nazarene, who was a great prophet and miracle worker, was handed over by our leaders to the Romans, and they crucified him. Then some other friends went to the tomb, and his body wasn't there anymore. You know what Jesus said to them as they walked along? He basically said that they weren't putting their trust in what the prophets told them in the Bible. It says in the book of Luke that Jesus went back to Moses and the prophets, pretty much the beginning of the Bible, and explained the things concerning himself. Can you imagine that? As you walk along with Jesus, he explains everything you need to know about him. Talk about his words being a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I'm not going to pretend I know exactly what heaven is going to be like. One thing I am pretty sure of, though, it's going to be even better than anything my old brain can think of. I can imagine beautiful gardens and streets of gold and a river leading to the tree of life. But how it's really gonna look is going to be more spectacular than we will ever think. And when I'm there, I'll be able to walk with Jesus and talk with him and ask him questions if I need to. And he's gonna answer me. And he's gonna love me. And he's going to love you. I want you to be there with me. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Before I let you go, I want to sing you my favorite verse of that song. It's so dear to me, and I hope it will be for you too. <coughs> 
Then in fellowship's wait, we will sit at his feet, or will walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. How wonderful to learn about the people who walked side by side with you and to know that someday we will do that too. I thank you that you are in control even when we don't see it. I thank you that we can trust you and that makes it easier to obey you. We love you. Give me and my friend a good night of sleep. Watch over us and give us all we need to face tomorrow. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Good night, my dear, dear friend. Come sit with this old lady again sometime. You are welcome on my porch anytime. And we'll try and get Teddy to come back and say hi, too. That's right, Teddy. <laughs> God bless you. Good night, my friend. Sleep well. And come back and see Granny Edith again soon. She has many more stories to tell. <laughs>